prosecution outlined how accounting practices what fuck? What? did not What kind of likeness is that? If they were great artists, they'd be in a museum. I'm fucking fodder for cartoonists now. listening to gutter boys gutter boys is a small press comics podcast about the ins the outs the highs and the very deep endless lows of making comics i'm your host jb with my co-host cam today we are joined by big gleb friend of the show also known as gleb melnikov current artist on dc's robin uh so you might have heard of him uh but yeah we talk about uh, robin the history of robin a life worth living if it ain't toxic. Right. Uh, we we talk about, uh, you know, panel by panel, all the references that Gleb makes to uh, titles prior. So, uh, you you uh, you old heads will love this one. <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to talk a lot about that. <laughs> so, stay yeah. tuned. That's what we talked about. Yeah, that's Gleb. all we talked about. Yeah, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but before we get into our interview with Big Gleb... We have some news and shout outs as per usual. Yeah. Uh, so just kind of quick news. Jack Kirby is finally getting credited as one of the writers on Fantastic Four. There's, I want to say it comes out in October or November, but this year, I guess, is the 60th anniversary of the Fantastic Four's debut. And uh, to celebrate, Marvel has, uh, I don't know exactly what issue it is. I'm not going to look it up. You can Google it, but they're doing like one of those king size specials that uh, Stan and Jack did back in the day. And they're having an individual artist redraw each page based off of Kirby's page. So there's like 50 artists involved and so forth. But if you look at the credits, it says written by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby art by the endless list of contributors. There were actually some cool names on the list. But uh, yeah, you can Google that. But it is just interesting to finally see that uh, they're listing Jack Kirby as the writer on a Fantastic Four book. Of course, though, it's uh, after Stan Lee's name. But, you know, it's it's good to see them finally acknowledge it, I guess, officially. Because right. it's something everybody knows. Yeah, it's only fair that Stan Lee gets the shout out first, honestly. Yeah, yep. You know, he's That's, doing the work. Yeah. And, you know, he's the he's the guy, you know, he's 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 Marvel, man. That's him. I do like that. Uh, that guy, Dan Lee, who's impersonating him and showing up at cons. I think that fucking rules. He looks just like him. Kind of looks like uh, Knoxville and bad grandpa. Uh, somebody <laughs> <laughs> somebody uh, said that we should try to get Dan Lee on the show. And to be completely honest, I am not opposed to that. Uh, I'm not opposed to that either. We should definitely hit him up to at the minimum do an intro for us. Yeah, so we need to get Dan Lee to say Incelsior or some shit for us. Right. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's the new goal of the show. I got to track down this Dan Lee fella. Well, he's in and, line. Uh, he's second in line because we still got to get Steve Sharippa on. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We got to get Sharippa too. Yeah, and um, 
Moltisanti as well. It'd be cool to get Chrissy on the show. He seems like he's an alternative kind of guy. Well, yeah, so it's well, all didn't about he, like shout out a comic that he liked. Yeah, the Adrian Tamina book. Yeah, who yeah. Actually, he was like, "That's news." He just got an animated show. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. He was like uh, Adrian Tomine. That's my guy. I remember him saying that you know, on Twitter. Was yeah. it Twitter? It was, it was Instagram because he really only interacts with his fans. Uh, Imperioli really only interacts with his fans in the comments section. Uh, somebody asked him recently if he was a Steely Dan fan, and all he said was "Bodistava," which is sick because that's a badass Steely Dan song. So uh, I would really love to chill with Imperioli. I mean, he kind of has lib brain a little bit, but uh, um, more than a little bit. But yeah, I'd still chill with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about my bloody Valentine. It's fine. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So uh, I guess that's all the news that I had. Yeah. Well, I did. Yeah. Tamina is getting a cartoon that's produced by A24 that's based on his autobio comic, uh, The Loneliness of the Long Distance Cartoonist. Kind of weird that it's animated just because it's A24. I don't think they've done any kind of animation stuff. Yeah, I don't think so. But, you know, cool for him. You know, he just stays at the top of the game. (laughs) Get that bag. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You got any news you want to cover? Yeah. So, yeah, not much in the news uh, in the world of uh, comics, but we do have a lot of shout outs to cover. Yeah. All right. First, we have Brandon Lehman's ghost stories uh, that he sent over uh, by Bad Publisher Books. Spoiler alert. I haven't read any of these yet. I was kind of gone for a while, but uh, it looks good. I'm going to check it out. It's, uh, you know, four panel per page. I like that format. Can't go wrong. And, yeah, uh, uh, it has a really nice cover, too. I thought the cover illustration was very nice. I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet, Brandon, but it is uh, getting closer to the top of my pile as well. Yeah. It starts at the bottom, and I take from the top, and it's getting closer to the top. This looks like if, Cam, if you started doing more backgrounds, <laughs> this is what it would be. <laughs> uh, which is a good, I mean, that's high praise, I, I think. Yeah, it looks like he, uh, you know, I've uh, I've just started drawing dots for eyes. It looks like Brandon's drawing real eyes. So props to you, Brandon, for not being as lazy as me. But yeah, you can uh, pick that up from Brandon. His Instagram is at Brandon.Lehman, L-E-H-M-A-N-N. And uh, yeah, go pick up that book, Ghost Stories. I love that title. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sick. Alrighty, so uh, this dude had actually sent us over a bunch of issues before, but uh, Brian McRae sent over his new issue of Umbrella Policy. It's a little anthology that he does. There's always really cool stuff there. It's uh, published via an imprint that he's associated with called Radical Moisture Press. Uh, but Brian makes so many uh, cool comics. I'm really a fan of his personally. Uh, so anytime I get you know more work from him, it's always great to see. So we appreciate you sending that over. You can get a uh, copy of that book and uh, follow Brian over at B-A-M-C-C-R-A-Y on Instagram and at Radical Moisture Press. Brian is from uh, Dayton. And uh, I recently have been listening to a lot of that band Brainiac, and they were from Dayton, and uh, we chatted about Brainiac in the DMs, so shout out to Brian and Brainiac. Did you ever listen to Brainiac, or was that too wild for you? No, I've, I've never heard of them. Oh, they were a band in the uh, the 90s. Uh, they were really crazy, like, uh, didn't really, like, it was like... Like ruins? Pop, but noise. Oh, never mind. Okay. But, like, no, like, they were, like, on the verge of, like, blowing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went on tour with, like, uh, who was the big tour they went on? Um, Lightning it was Bolt? With like with, like, Beck. No, it was, like, oh, with okay. Beck. Oh, wow. So, like, big, big. Yeah, so this is like 93, 94, 95, 96. They have a documentary um, that you can stream that's really good. But uh, the okay. singer died when he was 27. And like apparently he was like the guy that wrote everything. He was just like a weird dude. But he died because he bought this old uh, muscle car. And like the exhaust pipe was leaking into the inside of the uh, car. So he died of like long-term carbon monoxide poisoning from like driving the car for like six days. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, so that's just him. Like, you know, he was like this rich rock star who just didn't get his car checked out. And it's unfortunate that he passed. But um, I was just like, man, that was so avoidable. But yeah, no, sorry for the sidebar. Brainiacs from Dayton. Brian's from Dayton. Check out Brian's comics. Yeah. All right. Uh, next book is from front of the show, Billy Bozel. Is that how you say it? Is it Bozel or Bozell? I've never actually heard it pronounced out loud, but I've always read it as Bozell. Okay. Uh, they sent us over a copy of Clot Osborne Drank Too Much Last Night, a choosable fate adventure comic. You Control the Fate of Our Hero contains 14 possible endings. He also included an original piece of art that he did for me. And, Who did he draw uh, for you? Sticker and pen. It is, Clot Osborne is stuck in a wooden crate, and it is a drawing of a wooden crate with Clot looking through a hole, and he says, hey, anyone got a crowbar? I actually, just to say how highly I think of this book and, you know, Billy's a friend, I actually bought the book. He did send one to JB, but um, I actually wanted to support Billy directly. Um, And uh, he sent me a nice drawing of Clot Osborne drawn as Nancy. So uh, that was a pretty, yeah, pretty funny drawing. Thanks for the drawing as well, Billy. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's really interesting. I actually read through the book multiple times because, you know, it can end in three pages. It can end in eight pages. Right. But I've actually never seen that done in comics. Not to say that it hasn't been done. I'm sure somebody's going to say, oh, it's been done. Yeah. But to me, that's new. I've seen it in, you know, chapter books and everything, but I thought that was right. a really interesting approach. And uh, to be honest, props to you, Billy, because laying that out seems like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that seemed like it was probably pretty taxing. Uh, he also included a note. The gutter boys helped me get off my ass and print my comic. Thanks, JB. Billy. Hey, Billy. Yeah. Thank you so much for sending this. And also, I just want to say as a side note, Billy did an amazing job packaging this thing so that it would survive the trip. Like, he taped it to a backer in a heavy-duty envelope, and, like, the, the comic itself was also, like, polybagged with its own backer. So, he went above and beyond. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, this is the kind of packaging you don't really see that often from uh, small press people, mostly because this shit costs money. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he did it. So, I mean, shout out to Billy for everything on this. This is excellent. Yeah, you can uh, find him on Instagram at nylon underscore horse. I definitely recommend checking this out. It's a, you know, choose your own adventure comics. So it's worth it for the experience alone. Yes. So uh, another comic that was sent to us from uh, overseas and the United Kingdom, uh, cartoonist Matt Greaves sent us over a couple books. We got his uh, Chip McFitz Joint Fever, which was a uh, funny mini comic about uh, marijuana and uh, making a documentary on that. And then he also sent us over his oversized comic called Blatt. And it's just a one-man anthology. It's actually like really nice-sized, huge format. And um, I'm not sure exactly what the conversion is, but um, it says that it costs three pounds on the cover. Seems very cheap for the production value of this comic. Uh, But the drawings are very nice. Uh, The comic actually had some laugh-out-loud funny moments in that Blatt book. Uh, I actually recommend checking that out as well. If you want to follow Matt on Instagram and pick up his book, you can find him at Matt underscore Greaves, G-R-E-A-V-E-S. Okay, we also have a book from Jeff Pusateri. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm probably not. Yeah, Uh, you are. Okay. He sent over Doom Country number one and also have not read it yet, but it looks fun. So I'm going to be checking this out. I don't see any Instagram information on here. I've got it. Uh, Jeff, I actually did read the book. It has like a a really cool, like the character design kind of reminds me of like Windsor McKay and Little Nemo in some aspects. And then, um, but like in a heavy metal book, that's the kind of vibe that I got. Uh, Really cool comic. Looking forward to seeing more from you, Jeff. Uh, His Instagram, I've got it right here, is at Jeff underscore Pusateri, P-U-S-A-T-E-R-I. Awesome. Yeah, I really like how analog everything looks. 
Oh, yeah. You could tell there's no digital work in this at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, man, shout out to Jeff doing the work and thank you very much for the comic. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. All righty. So, we actually forgot to uh, shout out this comic. So, if this happens, uh, you know, you could DM us and uh, we'll circle back around and get you. But uh, friend of the show, Lance Raber, uh, sent us over a copy of his uh, comic, Blue Skies, along with some original art as well. It reminds me of a daily strip. You know, it's a four panel gag strip. But when you actually sit down and read this, you know, there are a few laugh out loud moments. Um, it is pretty family friendly. But I think that, you know, there's something to be said there when you can make a funny comic in a family friendly format. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, props to Lance. He did mention that he had a new book coming out soon. You could follow him on Instagram at blue underscore skies underscore comic and uh, pick up a copy of Blue Skies. I actually do recommend it. It was really funny, uh, really kind of heartwarming. So uh, if you're into something like that, definitely check that out and uh, also lance congrats on your uh, new baby girl not so new anymore i know it's like you know been a month or so but uh you know congratulations on fatherhood and uh, best of luck hell yeah all right just to circle back to uh umbrella policy i just want to say i love bam's work so much yeah like he's making stuff that i wish i was making you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you know when you pick up something or see someone's work and you're like i wish that's what i was doing that's yeah. the feeling i get every time i see bam yeah, uh, Brian. His Instagram name is Bam. <laughs> but it's I know, Brian. I know, I know. Okay. I just like you saying Bam. Bam. Okay. I know, okay. I know, I know. I didn't want the listeners to get confused. You know, they they listen real closely here. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, cops are listening. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to say what Brian's doing uh, with his pages in this anthology, mm-hmm. like with the the colors and the newsprint aesthetic. This yep. is what I think Ed Pisker was trying to do for years, and just couldn't figure it out and bam's just making it look like i mean he's schooling him basically yeah this is this is excellent i don't know what process he's using or what you know what he's doing with photoshop but he's figured it out to a science Mm -hmm. and most importantly it's all legible unlike most of pisker's work but uh yeah this is fucking amazing but anyway yeah um do a full book or uh, if you got one, let me know because uh, I like, you know, the contributors in an Umbrella Policy, but I would love to have a whole book of your work because I have to like look through six different issues of Umbrella Policy to get my fix of uh, BAM. There you go. <laughs> All right. And lastly, friend of the show, Matt Allison, was nice enough to send over two copies of his most recent Cancor comic. Listeners, uh, you might be familiar with his work from Ad House. Uh, they did a pretty solid release. I think it was one of the last books that Ad House did before announcing that they were closing up shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this also is a comic I wish I was making. Uh, this is, I mean, it's par for the course for Matt Allison. Like, Matt is a fucking G. This dude has been consistently making amazing work for, fuck, I don't know, like 15 years now for as long as I've known him. But this newest issue of Cancor is, to no surprise, fucking amazing. I don't know if he has any copies left. I think he might have sold out. He may be reprinting it. I'm not really sure. You're going to have to hit him up on Instagram. Uh, Something tells me strangers will probably get copies of that, too. I would hope. I would hope. Yeah. I didn't know he sent that over. Hell yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you want, go ahead and check him out on Instagram. It's Kankor with two R's, so that's C-A-N-K-O-R-R, and check out his work and uh, bug him for uh, the newest issues if if they're not listed, because I feel like if he gets enough people hitting him up, he'd be more willing to do a reprint, because this is all self-published, like, this is all him. 
Hell yeah. Well, I'm stoked to uh, check it out. I've, uh, I'm a fan of that dude. That Cancor book that Ad House did was incredible. So thanks, yeah, Matt. Ex- exactly, exactly. Before the interview, there was something that I wanted to discuss. Uh, while I was on my trip in St. Louis, I was spending a lot of time with uh, my close friend, Kimber, uh, who is based out of Gainesville, Florida. She does a massive amount of grassroots organizing, a lot of activism and work for prisoners, her and uh, her circle of friends. They've been organizing a program to send books to prisoners. And one of the things that they are really trying to push for more is comics because they get a lot of requests from prisoners wanting more comics, manga, American comics, European comics, anything, doesn't matter. They just want more comics. And uh, I guess it is for some reason something that they just don't get a lot of. They'll just get a lot of hand-me-down books, you know, um, you know. The Da Vinci Code. Right. You know, pretty run-of-the-mill paperbacks. And that sounds like hell. I mean, yeah. you know, fuck that. You're already in prison. You don't need you don't need any further, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, so I would say, you know, if you have any books that you don't read anymore, any comics that you don't read anymore, and you have no issue parting ways with, do reach out to any local prison book programs. They are all very much in need of comics. So just send them their way. There are some restrictions to what you can send, obviously, because the state is always watching and it varies from state to state. So you may have to do a little bit of research to figure out what is okay and what isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do know that across the board, they don't want hard covers. They only want soft covers. And I think nudity is not okay. Again, I think that depends on the state, so you may have to look into that. But other than that, yeah, you should be sending them their way. Cam and myself will likely be doing a little bit of a book drive, comic drive sort of thing sometime soon. So if you're not sure about that, you can send them our way. We'll have more information, uh, hopefully on the next episode, if not the episode after that, once we get all the ins and outs figured out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you're listening to this, I know you have a stack of comics that you're not reading. Like, that's just the reality of it. So mm-hmm. why why have them just waste space and not be appreciated when they can go to someone who will actually read and enjoy them? So uh, yeah, more news on that. We will be uh, discussing that further once we have more details. And uh, one thing that I do want to announce, we're going to do another shirt soon. Got a couple things in the works, but um, just a heads up, uh, we do need some reviews and ratings on our iTunes page and, you know, Google Play page, wherever you download us from. So as a new incentive to get some reviews and some, um, you know, five star ratings, we are going to offer a T-shirt to a randomly selected person that leaves us a rating and a review. I guess it doesn't have to be five stars, but you'd be a cool dude or dudette or non-binary identifying person if you did leave us five stars. But uh, before the t-shirts go on sale, we will hold a raffle uh, before each one comes out. And if you leave us a review and a rating, uh, you could win a shirt before they go on sale. So you won't end up, you know, having two. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, leave us a rating or review on your preferred podcast platform and uh, you'll be entered in a drawing uh, before we drop our next shirt. And you could win one just for typing up some words and clicking a button. That would really help us out. That's how we can get more advertisers and sponsorships on the show as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, we appreciate it. And uh, you have an incentive to win something now. Yeah. Be the realist they them on the block and rate and review the gutter boys. Yeah, of course, we are on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash gutterboys and gutterboys.top. There you go. 
We'll both take you there to the same place. Uh, for the $5 tier, you get two bonus episodes a month. Uh, there is a $10 tier for North American uh, residents, 15 for international patrons, where you can get a zine called Pimp Digest. Actually, just a heads up, by the time this drops, it'll be Monday. I tried a different local printer this time, but they fucked up the copies, so they're fixing them. Um, usually, I ship them out by the end of the first week of August. They are going to be just a little bit late. I plan on having them out the day or two after this episode airs. Uh, this issue has stuff from me and JB as well as friend of the show, Jazz Heiss. We talked about what she was uh, working on contributing the last time. But uh, yeah, so uh, stay on the lookout for that. That'll be in your mailboxes soon. Yes. So as per usual, all complaints can go to at Cam Del Rosario on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) So I can shit a brick and just bother JB while he's, uh, you know, trying to get real shit done. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, And uh, all boob pics can be sent to at Mort Crimp Jr. (laughs) Yes. If you support small press, show boobs. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. All righty. And before we get out of here and uh, wrap up with the interview with Big Gleb, just want to say that we are happy to be a part of the Autoptic 2021 digital programming for the second year in a row. Uh, If you're not familiar, Autoptic is a Twin Cities-based arts festival focusing on comics, zines, and print media. They are teaming up with us, the Thick Lines Pod Podcast and the Uncivilized Territories podcast for a series of 10 readings and interviews featuring some of comics' best artists and storytellers from around the world. Make sure to follow Autoptic on Instagram at Autoptic Festival and Twitter at Autoptic Fest to stay up to date and subscribe to our show and Uncivilized Territories as well as Thick Lines wherever you get your podcast to make sure you get the content. And uh, just a little peek at the schedule. Our next episode on the main feed will be with Jaime Hernandez and is a part of the official programming. It looks like on that day as well, there is content dropping with Blue Deliquanti. Might have pronounced that wrong. I'm so sorry if I did. As well as Pascal Girard. And then a couple days later on the 25th, it looks like on the Uncivilized Territories podcast, Greg Hunter is doing a feature on Dash Shaw. And there will be additional content dropped with Trung Lee Win as well as Josh Cotter. And on the 27th, rounding out all the content drop, Kyla Roberts was uh, interviewed by Rob Kirby. And Leomi Sadler will be on Thick Lines as well as uh, content from Sheer Spectre as well. So yeah, be on the lookout for all of that. Uh, Pete will be on the intro for our next episode, kind of breaking down exactly where everything's going to be and, you know, how to access it. So on the intro for the next one, just like last year, Pete will be there to give us a crash course on all things Autoptic, but you do have that to look forward to. But hey, I think we've uh, been here long enough. So uh, thanks for listening to the intro and stick around for the break. Stick yeah, around let's, after let's the- get the gleb. Let's yeah, get the gleb. Stick around after the break. <laughs> <laughs> Skip all of this. Go straight to big gleb. Uh, all, right. all right. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Floodland brings together a series of personal and natural disasters featured in comics by Australian cartoonist and cult hero Jonathan McBurney. Beginning with the protagonist's chronic illness, it relates a long period of bizarre artistic practices, awkward art school relationships, the brutal reality of the 9-to-5 grind of the submerging artist, and culminates in the massive flood in his hometown. The peripheral characters whose lives orbit the same places and occasionally overlap through mundane circumstances include Batskiat, an artist-come-superhero whose successes are vastly out of proportion with his talents, Picasso Minotaur, a brawny beefcake sculptor with fire in his belly and hate in his heart, and Kirby Kelly, a hapless and constantly flummoxed experiment gone wrong. Floodland is a 96-page hardcover available from ArgleBargleBooks.com. Check out JonathanMcBurney.com and King underscore of underscore nails on Instagram for more beefcake, wrestling, and existential conundrums. 
Rust Belt Review is a quarterly comics lit magazine featuring serialized and short form comics from some of the most exciting cartoonists in the small press scene today. Volume 1 features work from Gutter alums, M.S. Harkness, Audra Stang, and Caleb Arecchio, along with work by Andrew Greenstone, Sean Knickerbocker, and Juan Jose Fernandez. You can order your copy of Rust Belt Review today by going to rustbeltreview.org. Enter in promo code GUTTER to receive two bucks off your order. Again, that website is rustbeltreview.org. Promo code GUTTER. to our program. Welcome back from the break. Uh, we are here today with uh, Russian-based cartoonist uh, Gleb Melnikov. Uh, he is currently working on Robin over at DC with uh, Josh Williamson, and yes, he was, well-known uh, small press publisher DC. <laughs> and he was uh, <laughs> working on Angel, that turned into Angel and Spike from the uh, Buffy verse. Over was that Boom or who's doing yeah, Buffy it was now? Boom. Boom. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we're here with Gleb today. Uh, really excited to be with him. Uh, what's up, though, dude? It's all good. I'm uh, I'm finishing the sixth issue of Robin. So yeah, yeah. I actually just bought Robin. I think it came out. I think it was last week. And then you know, I know Artyom also had the same thing. We didn't realize you weren't drawing it. And then I brought it home, and I was like, yeah, this isn't Gleb. <laughs> so you got a skip issue, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Is that like to give you a break, or was that planned? It wasn't planned, but yeah, uh, I, I I couldn't meet the deadlines for issue. I think one or two. So I think issue one because I was coloring that issue as well. So mm-hmm. they said like to buy me time, uh, they bring like another artist for issue four. But yeah, it, it was Jorge Corona. He, he, he's like very good artist actually. So uh, I, I was a little bit intimidated because I, I thought, oh shit, <laughs> they they really uh, bring the good artists for that. <laughs> But, but yeah, I, I, I'm back at issue five, so... Hell yeah. Now, one thing you did just mention that makes you a big dick motherfucker, in my opinion, is you said you were coloring it as well. The best thing about Robin is when you look at the credits, there's three names on it. <laughs> you got the writer, you, and I guess the letterer? Yeah. Yeah, so you're doing the uh, penciling, inking, and coloring. Is that because you like having so much control over the work? Or? Yeah, yeah, I'm a control freak, so uh, yeah, it's like 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 I I couldn't color it like starting from issue two, unfortunately, because I couldn't meet the deadlines, as I said. But yeah, it was cool experience because uh, I did all the art in the backups of Detective and Batman first, and then uh, in Robin number one. So yeah, it's huge. Hell yeah. Before you were at DC, you were, you know, doing the boom stuff, but that was just your American work. I do want to kind of get into like what the scene's like over there. You know, I'm only really familiar, you know, with you and, you know, Artyom as far as, you know, that are based over there. But I'm assuming, that, of course, there's a scene. So what's that like over there? Well, uh, right now it's uh, it's kind of weird because like n- not in bad sense, but uh, like all the big popular comics, uh, they're basically they would be very small in America. Like, it's uh, like uh, f- feminist comics from uh, YouTubers, you know, 
uh, and like basically it's uh, from people who already have uh, audience you know so that's that uh, like there's no big comics from just people who like make comics uh, and just that but uh, there's one big publisher bubble who makes like uh, ongoings and the whole universe thing and uh, like i did i did work for them for for uh, for a while and but but yeah, it's it's weird. Like I, I don't know how to uh, how to describe the scene because it, it, it feels like it's changing every year, you know. Mm-hmm. So are there little like shows and stuff that you do over there, like cons? What's that like? Yeah, I, 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 I don't I don't really uh, go to cons very often, but like sometimes I do, and yeah, people know me. But I, I wouldn't say I'm like the most popular guy in russia real enough so oh all right and end the fucking interview we're done yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was the whole point of this <laughs> where are you uh living in russia like where exactly uh I, exact I, address <laughs> 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 like r- right now i'm i'm living in uh, uh, belarus so oh shit yeah okay i i only know belarus because of a band oh which, which band uh Molchad doma Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, I know them. Like, not personally, but like, I know. Yeah, you're, you're best friends with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, man, I am. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that would be a swerve. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really familiar with your work uh, outside of the stuff that's stateside. So, what were you working on and stuff before you, I guess, quote unquote, got your break? Well, uh, here's the thing. Uh, um, like Russian comics, like in in a big sense. Well, uh, they started in about 2012 because uh, uh, there were a lot of like new publishers popping up and dying in the same month. You know, because it was like kind of new thing, and uh, everyone suddenly wanted to make comics. And like I was one of them. I I was with my friends, and we wanted to straight up make two ongoings <laughs> uh, right from the bed. Like we we had to uh, learn from our mistakes. So yeah, uh, it, it, it thing quickly died, but like. Like uh, I did one or two issues, then moved to another thing, which also died because uh, the the writer was like the weird motherfucker. Like he, like I don't I don't really want to like get into that thing, but yeah, it, it was weird. So basically, I think uh, I was I started to be a recognizable artist in about a thousand. 19 or something like that mm-hmm. like when, when i started working with that like bubble publisher and i did graphic novel i guess you can say like with my friend another publisher and that publisher like not one it, it was called white unicorn horrible fucking name it, it was that dude was like the worst dude i've ever made in my life like he was straight up horrible person and like i got not a writer not a writer like the, the publisher dude and oh okay gosh <laughs> The, the writer is my friend, actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, the publisher was basically the only option for us because he was paying money and he was kind of reliable and he was willing to like buy our comic and publish it. But yeah, I, I, I don't know if it was worth it because like he's straight up he. he uh, straight up nazi you know yeah like i i found out 
like after the fact. But like uh, in 2019, uh, Boom contacted me and like I, I did a couple of uh, covers for them. And then like I, I remember they started publishing the Buffy comic with George Blair and like I just wrote the editor hey like if you ever need feel an artist or something for, for that or like covers for Buffy like I, I like Buffy so I said hey you you can use me and a couple months later they uh, wrote me hey we like doing this new thing in Buffy universe do you want to uh, do five pages for us because our artist like he's not like he's not meeting the deadline like yeah okay it was the zero issue of uh, Angel and mm-hmm. I, I did five pages for them and at the same time I was doing uh, I was still uh, working on Igor Grom he was uh, a comic for Bubble so uh, I was in the middle of the arc there, and uh, I was doing like uh, I thought five pages is fine, like it's okay, uh, I'll manage. And uh, then they did, uh, they did say like, hey, uh, so yeah, the thing with our artist, he, he's quit. So can, can, can you draw the rest of the issue? It was sixteen pages. I was like, oh holy shit. Okay, so <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, I did basically two issues that month. And then they asked me if I want to draw the series. And I said, hey, I want to, but I can't because at that time uh, I was working on a pitch for Legendary and it was successful pitch, (laughs) but I was working on it uh, with giant needs. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, like the the, the dude was uh, like I was in, in a Ramon situation, basically. Yeah. So yeah. So did you enjoy the experience of like working on an IP book? I mean, you're still somewhat doing that, but I mean, so I guess you liked it enough to where you're still going to continue to try to work in that venture versus you know yeah, your own creation. It, it, it was actually good because uh, like there was uh, I, I don't want to say a lot, but there was certain uh, freedom there, and basically uh, me and uh, Brian Hill, we, we we just did what we want, and I don't know it, it was. It felt it felt like it was created on thing, but like in ex- with the existing character with the existing mm-hmm. characters, if you know what I mean. Like there wasn't a lot of notes there, so I was just vibing, you know. Yeah. Whenever you're um, working on these, is there like a strict set of rules, like with you know Buffy or even Robin, you know? Because I guess that's where the editors come in, right? Like they've got to make sure everything lines up. You don't probably have to think about that, or is that something that you're told like you need to draw this certain way? No, I don't think so. Like we had some notes, uh, like uh, at Angel comic, uh, like we can show, like you know, brands or like th- things like that. Uh, I did the thing with Spike. He was sh- he was rocking like those uh, t-shirts with uh, made up names, uh, made up band names, uh, like Taking Back Sunnydale or something like that. Like when I took like the real band names and uh, turned it into some something vampire themed but they said yeah you can do that too so like that was a bummer but uh, yeah it was those minor things in uh, in robin we have some like violence restrictions which, oh wow okay yeah like we we had to erase blood in some 
some cases, which not really works sometimes because I use blood sometimes like a like a device to show motion, you know, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but so do you feel any kind of pressure? Because I mean, Batman and the Batman universe are you know the most probably the highest selling comics. You know, Batman. There's so many titles, and that's because Batman and you know the characters from Gotham City and that world are just so hot. They've got such like a dedicated fan base. Do you ever feel pressure from that? At first, yes, but I don't know. Right now, I, I'm just trying to make it on time, so I don't have. Yeah. I, I don't really have the time to stress about those those things. Hell yeah! Was uh, was this book something that you were previously like a regular reader of? Well, I mean, it's a new series, so. Well, I mean, oh, the I, character. The character, Sorry. yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I wrote a couple. I mean, I, I, re- I read a couple of uh, runs uh, of Damien because no, I, I'm not a saying I, like, uh, I read comics in which I like the art basically. So uh, Damien was historically very, very lucky with the artists depicting him. So yeah, I haven't read everything, but. Yeah, I, I read some of it. So what kind of comics did you like grow up reading? Was Were comics something that, you know, you were into as a kid? You know, what's your relationship with actually like as a reader well, and growing uh, up? Like, what kind of stuff do you have When I was there? growing up, I, I just uh, read uh, what I could find, like, you know, in, in, in stores and, uh, and things like that. Because uh, at that time, uh, like the early thousands uh the comics were just started popping up in russia and it was like there was no basically logic in it there wasn't uh, there was no uh dc comics i remember there were uh, there was a lot of marvel not a lot of like it was something from marvel it was spider-man like the first comic i ever bought it was some issue of amazing spider-man with jar jar on art and like hell yeah I think that that's what made the, the biggest impression on me at that time. And like some like uh, pirates, that, that were pirates in manga. They decided, hey, we we can just buy a license and publish things legally. Mm-hmm. And so they they published several uh, volumes of Ranma. So Rumiko Takahashi was also like a big influence on me. And yeah, then uh, then I remember buying Hellboy, and like it was like something else, like different completely, because uh, I never thought someone could could draw like that. And uh, they they published uh, like the first two volumes of Hellboy in black and white, and for a long time I thought it was a black and white comic. And I remember I was a little bit disappointed when I found out it was in color originally because I always thought it, it looks cooler in black and white. So yeah. they were kind of doing like the, uh, they were reprinting it over there, but not in color, the Hellboy books? Yeah, because it's probably was like cheaper. Cheaper, yeah. You did mention like before 2012, there wasn't much of a scene. So like, was there any kind of reason for that? Uh, you said it kind of just took off in 2012. <laughs> I don't know. It's I, I, like I, I literally don't know. Like what 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 was the catalyst of that? Because maybe mm-hmm. maybe that one publisher bubble that like started like the, the big things because they still uh, active and they did a movie this year which is popular on Netflix right now, like ma- Major Chrome, and things are good for them. But I, I don't know. May, I I don't think they were the first. So I don't I don't know what happened. Maybe just like people's subconsciousness. I, I I don't know I don't know what happened. But 
maybe maybe just uh, uh, just like me who grew up reading those Marvel comics in the early thousands, they grow up and they just wanted to do some something for for themselves. I don't know. Hell yeah. So how would you compare your experiences working for a large, massive publisher like DC versus the smaller publisher that you were working before with? Well, <laughs> besides uh, the pay, we know the pay was different. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think like my experience with uh, DC and Boom, like they too different, you know? Probably because uh, I was working on uh, the IP book at Boom, so maybe that's the reason. But I don't mm. know. Like it wasn't too different. Well, in terms of oh, how about like your working relationships with the editors? It's great. Like again, I was very lucky with every probably every editor I was work uh, like in American comics. So mm-hmm. uh, like I I literally can't say any bad uh, anything bad about any of them. Like except one dude at how, how did she was called ah dynamite like uh, I did two covers for them which they ended up using and uh, I still like uh, they didn't pay me oh, oh shit that sucks okay still they never like followed up even after you nope. pursued nope I, like uh, I blew up my uh, deadlines so uh, I thought well okay like I, I I still did the work and I thought well uh, okay. Uh, like uh, the the dude said to me, uh, like they ended up uh, using another artist. I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. But then, uh, like month from that, I I just saw the comics and uh, I I've seen my covers and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's fucked. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, we've shit on Dynamite on the show before, so I guess this is. <laughs> I didn't realize they were skimping on payments, but that's, um, I mean, I was I gonna say that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say that lines up because I've heard that. Yeah, that's shitty. I do want to, you know, talk to you because you did have your hand in creating an original character with mm-hmm. DC. And that's not something that I feel like just anybody gets to do. You know, like I feel like I don't really know the process behind it, but I feel like you can't just make up a new character easily. I feel like there's a lot of red tape involved. What's the process like there? Did you collaborate with your writer? You know, because I mean, you do get credit in creating a flatline. Well, uh, I don't know. It, it just happened super fast because, uh, like, when Josh sent me like the like the the plan for 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 the arc, and he said we will need like new characters, and there was a list of new characters because like we we need new fighters on on the tournament, and like yeah, there, there was. Like she uh, she's um, the sidekick of Lord That Man from Bat Manga, so uh, yeah. She was originally named Lord Dead Girl or Lady Dead Girl, something like that. And uh, I, I, I just, like one evening, I just sat and uh, drew the uh, design and I sent it to Josh. And uh, I had this uh, like flat line, like literally flat line on, on her jacket in the back. And he said, holy shit. Like, okay, we, we need to uh, name her flat line because there's a thing. Uh, if she's Lord Dead Girl, she's uh, i don't know how to say that she, she's not completely new character you know and mm-hmm. we we can't claim royalties for that but if she's flatline she's basically a new character so yeah josh is <laughs> pretty experienced uh, experienced in that so he said yeah she's a flatline because th- that way we'll get money <laughs> right <laughs> so as far as yeah, and but, you don't but, have to discuss yeah, it, 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 
I, I, I was just said I, I was just saying uh, like he was uh, like uh, the bullseye f- from the first try because I haven't changed anything in her design as far as I remember like from the first time I, I sent I sent it to Josh. Damn, so you're like Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne would knock out verses in one take. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Sounds so, like um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I don't want you to get into specifics or anything, but we get a lot of uh, questions into our show about how to navigate the business. So, with you owning a stake and a character that you created for someone else, do you have any advice for anyone like as far as like protecting yourself when you create something that belongs to someone else to make sure that you're getting taken care of on the back end? Now, I know that, you know, Flatline hasn't made it to a movie or anything yet, mm-hmm. but as far as like the actual taking care of yourself as an artist, setting yourself up to well, be taken care of if something happens down the line. Uh, I, I had one advice from Josh because... Uh, he did like giant run on the flash, uh, like mm-hmm. th- there was like hundred issues or something like that, and they ended up using a lot of characters from that run uh, in the CW show. And he said like you, you should remind them all the time because they don't really uh, uh, m- monitoring that shit, and you literally have to remind the editors like I created the characters and they're using it in the show. Give me my money. So that that's like that. And you're not saying this, I'm saying this. It seems like they'll kind of skate by without paying you if they can, so you just have to be really diligent as far as reminding them, hey, you know, that's me. Yeah, I don't know what the deal, what's the deal. Probably it like varies with uh, different editors and stuff like that, but I, I don't know. I, I've heard a lot of shady stuff, so yeah, mm-hmm. it's all possible. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing I did really want to talk about is bootleg comics in Russia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any experience reading bootlegs? Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Without like pirate comics, I, I wouldn't be even uh, even nuts right now. I think so. Yeah, I, I'm pro piracy. Yes, the bootleg comics I'm thinking of, at least the ones that I've seen, will either appropriate existing artwork or redraw them. And then sometimes they'll follow whatever the narrative they're ripping off from. And sometimes they'll just completely change the story using the art that they have. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Um, well, I don't remember any stuff like this uh, like in comics. But I remember when I was, when I was a kid, there, there was like a line of books, children's books with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in them. And they, yes. were, they were like uh, just using the whatever was in theaters in that month like terminator and who's like that like the aliens and they just they're just adding teenage mutant ninja turtles in the equation (laughs) it was like the wildest books i've ever read yeah that's that's the stuff i want to read (laughs) yeah i I, they were with pictures of course because it's kids books and i I, I, i'll send you some uh, like pictures eh? it was it was hilarious (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'd love to check it out. I have a small collection of uh, Chinese bootleg Ninja Turtle comics. And the formats, there's like maybe four four or five like different formats that they use that, that I own at least. And one of them is just VHS stills that they <laughs> grabbed and then put dialogue over it with word bubbles. Oh, wow. Man, man you, you made me remember that uh, there was a Pokemon comic like that in Russia 
yeah, it was probably from the first uh, like animated movie with Mewtwo. And oh, yeah, yeah. Th- there were stills from that movie and with, with, <laughs> with horrible lettering and stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I want to see more. I want to see a revival of, of that kind of bootleg comic. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool. Like, yeah, there, there just there should be more. And I also love like uh, the main uh, like format that I have, like the most copies I have of is all original artwork from what I can tell. Oh. Some of them are like clearly trace jobs, like very poor trace jobs, but others are like totally original art. And that's the stuff that I really love too. It's just like so out there. Yeah, that, that, that sounds wild. Is this stuff hard to Google? Because that, or it like is. it's, okay, it is. Yeah. I, I've tried to do more research because, you know, after we talked with Bubbles about this, I wanted to do an article kind of outlining bootleg comics. And uh, yeah, there's very little information online. Uh, yeah. it's, it's very difficult to track down. The comics themselves are near impossible to find. I kind of lucked out. I wonder uh, what the uh, retail situation on that was. Like, were they sold in like, you know, like big chain stores or was it like, like, where would you find co- like the Pokemon comic and stuff like that? Like, obviously not licensed stuffed. Man, I don't remember actually. Uh, I know we just appeared appeared in my house at some point. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember those uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles books. They were like super popular, and you could find them like in libraries and stuff. Like they. Oh shit! Were, okay. I okay. really didn't care. Like it, it was the nineties, so like it was the big bootleg boom in Russia, I guess. So. Yeah. What's the Russian equivalent of a corner store? Mm, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, wh- wh- what do you mean by corner store? Like uh, Corner uh, stores are like convenience stores. Usually they're in neighborhoods. Oh, okay. Like we have the same stuff. Like they, they're just separate small buildings. So like in, in every neighborhood. So it's, it's basically mm. the same thing, I guess. Okay. So, yeah. So I would assume that's where a lot of them are being sold, I'd imagine. Yeah, probably. So do you all have like specialty comic shops there now or are comics sold through the bookstores? Yeah. Like we have several comic shops and I think... I think some of them died during the coronavirus. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But, but yeah, like we we have uh, the comic shops right now. But you know, I I kind of miss the feeling of like w- when I was a kid, I had to search in my town for like different comic series and different kiosks. So like you had to know, like it was it, it was like a game. You had to know uh, the points like the joints in your town where, where they uh, sell stuff like uh, it sounds like i was talking about drugs but no i was talking about comics <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on this corner you can get spider-man on this yeah, corner, yeah. You can yeah, get- yeah it, it was literally that yeah 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 where's that stash spot yeah <laughs> uh so going back to robin obviously you got a much larger audience of readers becoming more familiar with your name and your mm-hmm. art. What's the most unhinged fan <laughs> <laughs> that you've had to deal with, whether it be in person or online? Uh, like, I don't know about deal with, but like, here's the thing. I, I, I love fan arts, okay? So when the first couple issues came out, I made a huge mistake, mistake of term searching Twitter for like Damien and Flatline, because I want to see some fan arts. And let's just say some Damien fans should be in prison. Like, uh, 
<laughs> I just ended up saying, "Hey, tag me on your fan arts. I'll retweet, uh, retweet them because, like, I- I've seen things. Uh, I wish I could erase from my memory." <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say what I think those things probably are. Yeah, considering yeah. the characters are underage. <laughs> yeah, everyone in the okay. room kind of understands what that yeah. means, so we don't really need to go further with that. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I do want to kind of circle back around to Robin uh, before we get into listener questions. How did you get that gig? Did somebody see the Buffy stuff and they were just like, oh, yeah, this guy would kill this book? You know, how did that get set up? I think it's because of Josh, because uh, he was actually the reason why I'm in DC right now. He was the first uh, writer who, I guess, saw me on Twitter and uh, he was like, hey, I show your stuff to my editors. So then I ended up working on some uh, like other comics with other writers at DC, but I think I, I was his uh, like first choice for the artist uh, at Robin. Hell yeah! So no competition there. Yep. Alrighty. <laughs> Are you locked in? Like, how many issues do you? I don't know if it's a contract situation or an issue by issue deal. Like, how long do you plan to stay on the book? Well, uh, I think uh, I would stay for at least a year because, uh, like, um, b- before Robin, I really wanted to work on uh, on an ongoing. And now, at my free time, I'm working on my own ongoing, uh, which I, uh, I will pitch, like, this month. So we'll see. But, yeah, I think uh, I will do at least, uh, like, 12 or 13 issues. All right. Hell, yeah. So, uh, what's your schedule like, you know, working on this book? Uh, man, I, I, I'm really bad at time management. So, like, uh, I wake up. I would never guess that by how much you participate in the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we found the source of the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I just wake up, I play some games, maybe watch some movies. And then, like, when I'm super tired, I was like, yeah, uh, I guess I need to work. And like the weird thing is when I'm at crunch, when I'm like being late uh, at deadlines and when I'm doing like several pages a day, those pages are better than the ones I draw like on normal uh Temple. So yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's I, some uh, I, subconscious things where think when I, I just put me put myself in this situation where I had to draw pages and like I, I catch second breath and like all those pages. Uh, basically, all the last pages uh, in the issues of Robin, they they're all good. I'm the same way. Like I love working against a deadline. I just put it off until the last minutes where I absolutely can't. And you just don't really have time to think about it. You know, you just got to do it. Yeah. That's how I work too. It's very stressful. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's like a sport (laughs) thing, I guess. Like you you feel yourself like Rocky Balboa. (laughs) Yeah. Just running up the stairs, drawing pages. Mm -hmm. So uh, big Gleb, what's on rotation? What are you listening to? Do you listen to music while you draw? Uh, I don't know. Like, Last year or so, I'm just listening to podcasts and shit like that, or some maybe shows that uh, I don't really have to watch. Like, uh, I put them on background because uh, I I got too distracted by music sometimes. And yeah, I Mm. I don't know. I I just like some emo stuff, like bands like La Dispute, you know, something like that. But yeah, again, I, I got too distracted by them. Like, Try to, to, to try try to draw a Robin page like when you listen to King Park <laughs> or something like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So is there any uh, anything that you're listening to when you're not drawing? I don't know. I, I, I'm into some like early thousand stuff. Like, I, like I, I'm like Ramon in, in that sense. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, enough said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we understand now. All right. <laughs> Refined. <laughs> How old are you, Gleb? I'm 29. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So we're a little older than you, but yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. So uh, it's that time of the show where we get into listener questions. As always, you can ask questions on our Instagram. We always put up like question surveys. We also have a Discord. If you're not in there already, you can DM our show account at Gutter Boys Pod on Instagram or Twitter, and we'll get you an invite link. People drop questions in there. For this episode, we actually took questions from Twitter, but after reading some of them, I don't know if those are going to get answered or not. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, first question came from our Discord Gleb for you, and it came from Jeremiah Hall. How long did the process of redesigning Robin take for the new series? How much input did DC Editorial have on the design? And what inspirations did you pull from for the costume? Well, like when I was uh, first trying to uh, design the, the new c- costume, uh, I was just spitballing and I put some stuff on, on Twitter and like uh, I just saw Damien fans like just hating it. And, and yeah, it, it wasn't a good design or something, but like I, I was trying stuff and that made me think that I, I need to try something like super different. Like uh, I, I tried to forget about like rubbing colors and rubbing shapes. Uh, I was trying to make him look you know sharp and sleek and i ended up just i i wanted to use like two colors but then i remembered like there was a red robin and i i don't want i don't want them to look like him too so yeah like the editors they they said to basically use the robin colors in some in some sense like uh, there is green in his costume uh, like right now even though he, it's not really in your eyes like it's his mask and his shoelaces and stuff like that so uh, i don't know I, I just want to do something new and i guess something more maybe uh inspired by the animated series like the the later season of uh batman adventures hell yeah is that oh, something yeah, you yeah. grew up watching or did you find out about that like later on i don't know if it was over there hmm. i i found out about it uh, like a little bit later on because uh, it's it just it wasn't on TV when I was growing up. Like when when I was watching the other cartoons like um, Spider Man or the X Men or Gargoyles, and it was a little bit later, but but still like still I was a teenager and uh, like uh, all the uh, all the aesthetic of that the stylization like it, it really inspired me like in design sense because it was very simple still very sleek and very modern looking even though mm-hmm. they, were, they were trying to do like a classic thing so like i know each writer is different but on robin do you have a lot of freedom with your art or are you working pretty close to the script uh i usually work pretty close but uh, i i do some things like when, when, when I uh, add something to like to, to make scene a little bit more interesting visually or like when I like the, the artists uh, well I mean the writers I work with uh, they're pretty like they give me freedom and they always saying like hey like change or add something if you want to like especially when it comes to the action scenes like uh, probably in action scenes uh, I, I change stuff pretty much 
a lot. So yeah, but like in the usual talking scenes, like I, I can add some panels or add some I don't know, some things in the scene like uh, like uh, in, in the issue I'm working right now the, there was a scene like when like Flatline and Zambian they sitting and watching the other fighters fight and I, I just added like the green tea in Zambian in Zambian's arms and they then uh, Flatline just grabs it and uh, just drink it uh, herself I, I because it was like a bonding scene in like in sense of talking but i i i just had to add something physical to, to that like stuff like that like sometimes i do things but i don't know i i just writers i work with they usually pre- <laughs> like they they're pretty good and they're more uh experienced with, with stuff like that so yeah i i don't change stuff if i don't have to mm-hmm Hell yeah. Okay, next question is from Mitch. We kind of already touched on this. Uh, for Gleb, what are the various influences to your style? Well, like, like I said, Rumka Takahashi, uh, Jar Jar, Frank Miller probably, uh, Chris Bachala, Joe Madureira, like I, I guess all, all the uh, cliffhanger stuff from the old thousands. Like uh, I'm trying to put some like manga influence in that and maybe some, some Miller and Jar Jar. No, it, it just it, it evolves uh, in itself, so uh, I, I don't really even control it <laughs> anymore, so it's hard to tell. Alrighty, hell yeah. Alright, so the next question and final question from our Discord uh, came from user Ryan underscore awful quiet. <laughs> How much of Robin is autobio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it all happened. Like, uh, Josh isn't even like a real writer. It's like my Akira Yoshida persona. So, yeah, you, you got me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's 100%. Like, it, it's still happening. I, I'm on the island right now. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> all right okay instagram user moldova maria asked tackling imposter syndrome we kind of touched on this but uh yeah anything that you want to kind of go further in about that yeah well uh i don't really have an imposter syndrome right now i had it like a couple of years ago i remember uh on instagram some dude said like all my posts uh they were looking like it was made by different artists and that was the time i was like oh holy shit that that sounds bad like he <laughs> like <laughs> he he literally didn't believe that i drew all that stuff because uh it was too different from each other but i, I don't know i i guess when you working on ongoings and when you on monthly grind you don't really care about those things and that's when you learn the fastest and that's when it all goes away like uh, i don't i don't really like feel the imposter syndrome right now i i I, I, I guess the answer is just to work and try try not to try not to care about those things but I, i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because i think every artist should uh, like hate their art a little bit to, just to, to grow up yeah right. i agree with that yeah yeah well you heard it folks uh just uh get on top of the uh, dc mountain and uh you'll <laughs> you'll be fine like our boy gleb <laughs> yeah this isn't actually a question somebody wrote in but is there a, right. like a, a dream character you'd like to draw you know for one of those companies gleb uh 
I'd love to make a Dead Man miniseries uh, sometime. Yeah, for, hell for yeah! Like I, 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 just on the strength of his design and uh, the uh, like, the whole supernatural thing, I, I think it could be a good stuff like for, for me to draw. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I really want to focus on like my own things after Robin. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Oh. Yep. Good shit. Anything so, that you would be able to kind of hint about? Not yet, but like, l- let's meet again when like I pitch my stuff. <laughs> okay. So you'll, yeah, Glev will yeah. be back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Different kind of interview. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yes. All righty. Next question came from Instagram user jkrog one Are you drawing Robin all digitally or is there some ink mixed in? The first issue was uh, uh, was on paper, but then again, I blew my deadline, so I switched to digital. Like uh, I wanted to draw the issue I'm working on right now uh, on paper, but uh, again, I ended up uh, like I find out it's still uh, I, I still need to do it digitally to uh, make it on time. But uh, I have like a couple of pages uh, I did on paper and that issue. Are you planning on selling those to uh, the rabid fans? Maybe, maybe in the future. I, I don't really want to sell them right now. Like the reason mm-hmm. I worked on paper because uh, I just, I just wanted to see those like natural lines, you know? Yeah. Like I, I did it for myself, not, not to sell stuff, but it's nice to have some pages to sell to. Especially if it's, if it's like uh, the first issue of Robin. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, the real pimp move is to just print out all of those digital pages in non-photo <laughs> blue and then re-ink them and sell them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Mm. There's no... <laughs> yeah, yeah, something to think about. <laughs> all right, okay, next the- question. Yeah. yeah. Instagram user Bayless underscore one seven one. They said, "Ask him his favorite Robin. We can have him fired if he doesn't say Damien." <laughs> I, I mean, uh, of course, of course, it's Damien. Like I already said that it's Damien because he's he's small, toxic, and he's like uh, he's basically uh, Artemis Fall of comics, like of, of Batman comics. So <laughs> yeah, I don't really care about other Robins. They suck. <laughs> like, except, right. except for Dig, but he, he's not Robin anymore, so it doesn't count. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. No, so no for Jason Todd, I mean, he's uh, pretty twisted. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. J- J- Jason is pretty cool. I give you that. But hey, like Joker J- J- killed him, so fuck him. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. He did uh, get punked. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's it was right. A, yeah, it was yeah. a bitch move by by him, like dying. And yeah, right. And it also took him to get killed by the Joker to be blackpilled. Whereas <laughs> yeah, Damien yeah. was blackpilled right out of the gate. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. So you did say that you like Damien because he's the most toxic. And um, if, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the uh, like. Damn, I forgot the word. Fuck. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like yeah, yeah. I just uh, like Robin because he he's just like me. Like like when Ramon says he's just like Tiny Soprano. I, I'm I'm Damien. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I am him. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Gleb, yeah. Phil, uh, complete complete this line for me, okay? If mm-hmm. anybody goes to your Twitter account, mm-hmm. they see this first. Complete this line for me. Won't enjoy life if if it ain't toxic, baby. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hell yeah. Hell. All righty. Uh, last Instagram question came from Ian Densford. <laughs> Ian asked, I like that steampunk drawing you did. What's his favorite Bachalo? Well, I think steampunk is my favorite Bachalo because while this comic is unreadable, uh, <laughs> it's just... Uh, I know. Uh, I I just love artists like that. Like, but Bachali, he was working uh, at Marvel like for the last twenty years, and I like uh, artists like that uh, do something different, like experiment. Like, I I just want to. I just want him to do something else. Like, yeah, I mean, create own thing. So yeah, I know steampunk is not like uh, the best comic as a reading experience, but I think it's one of the best uh, uh, experience when you just like flip through it and look at stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a visual first comic to you. Yeah, yeah and, for sure. And he, he got a lot better at storytelling standpoint. Like, uh, and it's interesting because uh, his style evolved like a couple of times uh, through these decades. And uh, every time he, it was something that I like. Like he's like uh, the band a- AFI for me because they made something different like uh, every ten years or so, and every time I like it. So yeah. Mm, hell yeah. I've uh, I've met Davey Havoc. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was um. What was it? What was that a uh, punk fest thing? The fest. That- no, 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 no. It it traveled. Warp tour. Warp tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah one year uh, I went because uh, my best friend who's at the time, who's in that comic I did, that autobio comic, uh, his older brother was in a band uh, that played Warped Tour, so they had a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. So they got us backstage passes one year, and at the end of the shows, you know, every time they do a city, at the end of the night, everyone, all the bands, all the crew and staff, they all have like this big barbecue in the back lot mm-hmm. where all the trailers are and stuff, and uh, we were in a circle around a fire pit near near the lake. This was in St. Pete. Uh, so it wasn't a lake. It was by the beach. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was like lake in Florida. I was thinking, I was like, okay. lakes in Florida, but this was yeah. not a lake. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that was the same night I saw a woman pissing while standing. Nice. Uh, that just that just like blew my mind at a young age. <laughs> but uh, we were all like in this circle and uh, one of our buddies pulled out an acoustic guitar and started singing fuck what was it i think it was green day probably mm-hmm. and uh some someone from the shadows walks up with this black umbrella nice. and uh <laughs> and keep in mind it's the middle of the night so he has shades <laughs> and <laughs> and a black umbrella and he comes and he sits by us and he starts singing along with us and we were all fucking properly shit housed at this point <laughs> Uh, and I, I do know that like 90% of the people in that circle were like huge AFI marks, like massive fans. Mm-hmm. So that kind of like, they all blew their load that night. I think, uh, yeah, very nice crazy. man. Yeah. yeah that, that sounds awesome. By the way, I really liked your, uh, Asian man records comic. Oh, thank you, Gleb. I appreciate that. It's, uh, you know, hopefully maybe I'll do a cyborg on DC next. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, Gleb, Gleb is paving the way for toxic artists there. Yeah, so. yeah. it's true. Okay, so yeah, yeah maybe maybe yeah, the yeah. door is now open. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. very cool. All right, we have one last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from an Instagram user who I don't I don't know who they are because I <laughs> I screen grabbed uh, the res- the reply page. It, it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, they asked, "How do you think you would do if you were chosen to be Robin?" Well, uh, 
I think I, I, I'd slowly uh, poison Batman to like <laughs> <laughs> to have this mo- have his money, and like then I will. Oh yeah, you know what? I, I, I'll go to therapy, and I will uh, like what those boring people like trying to do with Batman. I'll go to therapy and oh yeah, like, and, and uh, social money work programs, in, uh, yeah. infrastructure. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll of course kill myself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Like a real hero. Yeah. <laughs> a martyr. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, Gleb, we appreciate you coming on. But before we get out of here, where can people find you online? Anything you want to plug? Yeah, they, they can find me on Twitter at uh, Gleb Melnikov 8. And like, so don't really search me anywhere else, but because I, I'm not really on Instagram anymore. I post sometimes, but like, it's all on Twitter pretty much. So. Twitter is your preferred social media platform. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And you're uh, back on the new issue of Robin, I guess, next month that'll be out? Yep. Okay, hell yeah. That's actually, I recently sold the, uh, like, 90% of my Batman collection, but your book, I'm still buying it, and it's staying in the collection. It's good shit, dude. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, man. You're doing killer work, and I'm excited to see uh, what happens post-DC, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll get you back on. Yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hell yeah. All righty. Well, uh, you know, as always, uh, we appreciate you tuning in and uh, stay gutter. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for having me.